Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Michael Reed on LMFM. Tuesday morning, the 13th of October. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. As the rate of coronavirus surges across the country, clusters of COVID are now being recorded in nursing homes once again. There's no question that if we see the community transmission patterns uh, continuing to rise, uh, and, and that we are going to see more nursing homes being impacted. We're going to see more nursing home res- residents being infected. And, and the result of that, unfortunately, will be further mortality. Yesterday, three residents from one nursing home in Port Leash died as a result of the virus. We are concerned about that. Uh, and I would have said the same thing as I'm going to say now about nursing homes back in the springtime. Uh, our first challenge has got to be um, uh, to now focus on the widespread community transmission that we have in the population. It simply isn't going to be possible for us to protect nursing homes adequately if we have widespread community transmission of the kind that we have. That represents an existential risk to people in nursing homes and it represents an existential risk to people in older age groups and vulnerable age groups who are living in the community. So we have to address that. Public health officials say nursing homes are better equipped now to deal with outbreaks than they would have been in the spring. But there is little point in us doing everything that we possibly can within a nursing home in a context where outside the nursing home we have widespread community transmission, we simply have to address that. At the peak of the last wave of COVID, Dalgan House was unable to provide basic care to its residents in Dundalk. A shortage of staff at the nursing home, a shortage of equipment, bins, PPE and oxygen left authorities looking to the army, the Red Cross and HICWA before RCSI staff eventually took over running the home, which saw 22 of its residents pass away. I want to extend my sincere um, sympathy um, to the families and friends and indeed staff uh, in Delgan Nursing Home that you reference. Um, I, I, I'll have to liaise with the HSE on the specific question in relation to the RCSI involvement. I know they have been playing a proactive role. You want an assurance um, that that role will continue and I'll revert to you directly or through the HSE on that in the coming days. To anybody who has any concern about any 
long-term residential care facility. I would point out that Hikwa is there uh, as a regulator. Sympathy for uh, the families of residents in Jalgen House uh, from uh, the last Minister for Health, uh, Simon Harris. That, by the way, was on the 7th of May. Before that, concern voiced last night by the Chief Medical Officer, Tony Hoolan, about uh, the evolving situation. Families of the residents in Dalgan House, as we heard on the programme yesterday, are due now to meet with the current Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly. And this follows uh, the publication of a Freedom of Information request on behalf of uh, the families. And there are many questions to be answered at this stage. But behind all of uh, these uh, statistics are real people real life people who lived long lives in many of the 22 cases in terms of the people who deceased in Dalgan home and behind them they leave many grieving loved ones. Uh, and we'll speak uh, to two such people now, Vivian McNally who lost, or I beg your pardon, um, uh, Vivian McNally, who lost her husband, Dominic, and Emma Duffy, who lost her, I beg your pardon, Vivian, who lost her father, Dominic, and Emma Duffy, who lost her father, Oliver. Good morning to both of you, and uh, thank you for joining us here on uh, the programme this morning. Uh, Vivian, uh, perhaps uh, you'd begin by telling us uh, about your father. Uh, obviously, uh, a man uh, who was much loved, uh, had a long working life, a great lover of sport, and I can see you from uh, the death notice uh, that uh, he enjoyed some time in America as well. Morning, Michael. Yes, um, Dominic, my father, not my husband. Yes, I beg your pardon. <laughs> you're yeah, fine, yeah, you're yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, Dominic, our father, or as he liked to call himself, Dominic Francis, um, he was a great character, a great family man. Um, I'm looking at pictures of him now, you know, a joker, a prankster, and, um, you know, one of life's good guys, as was said in condolences. And it's true, hmm. he was you know, a really genuinely good at heart, kind. Um, yeah, he'd a love for football, as you mentioned there, and uh, a great athlete was, you know, cut any young people to shame, you know, running in his late years and that, and achieved three All-Ireland medals, and uh, which was something he kept in Dalgan House, you know, he'd smile at them often, and something he was very proud of. Mm. Um and said, yeah, always a very healthy, fit man. He went to America, as you said. Um, my brother was living in San Francisco, widened his horizons, going to Tahoe. And, uh, yeah, he started to love travel in his later years. But his passion was his family, his mm. grandchildren, his wife. And, you know, around his home, he was a great neighbour mm. to the people in Meadow Grove that knew him. And... Everyone would have known him from tipping about on his bike and that too. And amazing how well he was known for a man that didn't socialise, you know, in pubs and that. He was a pioneer, but um, funny enough, walked in Harplog or Brewery, you know, for much of his life. Yeah, I know. Um, but, yeah, and then... Mm. Loved his garden. Oh, loved his garden, yes, and was very... Mm. Um, particular and as neat as a pin and you wouldn't put a stone or a crumb out of place with my father he was a perfectionist mm. but um look at a, tra- a, a, a trait uh, i think that's common enough with that generation isn't it 
For sure. Yeah. I mean, the older generation, mm. that was, I think that was always the family way, wasn't it? To keep the home as um, well as possible, you know, yeah. the tent and the garden. And then, sure, he grew up out by Toborona, where he sadly, you know, had passed away as well. So mm. he was a countryman. Yeah. And obviously then there's the family, yourself and your sister, Audrey. You've uh, three brothers, uh, Dermot, Keith and Davis. You lost Paul previously uh, and uh, your mother, Angela. Uh, You're you're obviously mourning as any family does, uh, but uh, different under the circumstances uh, that your father left us. Yeah, um, mourning, it's just, I suppose we haven't been able to mourn properly. I think the whole surrendering of his death um, and, you know, him not being able to have a mass, mm. you know, as a result of the family, you know, being exposed because at the time it wasn't known that, you know, he had COVID. So, um, you know, to go to a burial site and, you know, bury your father, not go through the grievance procedure mm. that, you know, a lot of us missed out on during COVID has been horrendous and, you know, having to deal with media now, and I'm sure Emma will agree, and any of the rest of us, you know, this is quite hard because I suppose we're getting, you know, a tad used to it, we are doing it, but it has to be done. COVID has hit the country, hit our nursing homes so badly, and I suppose it's, you know, everyone has a right to mm. transparency, honesty about, you know, all that has happened. Okay. And um, yeah. Yeah, I'll come back to the questions if I can, but I'd like Emma to maybe pay tribute to her dad in the way you did to Dominic Francis. Uh, thanks uh, for joining us, Emma, and apologies to you as well for uh, the mix-up at the beginning. I think you're both uh, very brave to come on and uh, talk about this because it's important for other families around the country, uh, as I think many uh, would have felt with the news of the three deaths in Port Leash. But as, as I was saying at uh, the outset, uh, there's real people behind all of these stories and real people left behind, like yourself. Uh, morning, your father. Tell us a, a little bit, if you would, Emma, about Oliver Crew. Uh, yeah, morning, Michael, and thank you. And you're right, and I sometimes think that people do do get forgotten, and it's very easy when numbers just start to increase. They just get seen as numbers. But, yeah. you know, I think I sent you a picture of my dad, and he yeah. was a fine, fine big man. That picture was only from 10 years ago. He passed away in Dagen House at the age of 73. He'd only gone into Dagen House at the end of January um, unfortunately, he went to hospital and we weren't allowed to take him home and we weren't given the care hours that we would have needed to mind dad at home. So we really had no option. So that was extremely difficult because we didn't minded dad at home for seven years um, between all of us. And, you know, for us to have to do that, that's something that I don't think any family uh, wants to do, um, no matter if it's the best care facility in the world, unfortunately. Yeah. But dad was... Um, he was a quiet man, Michael. He really was. He worked on building sites all his life and he would have been known as the quiet man, but then he'd get the one-liner in. He always had a great one-liner mm. um, within him. But, you know, talking about somebody as an individual and what I admired most about my dad was he never, ever had a crossword to say about anybody. Mm. I never remember him raising his voice, talking ill of anybody. He was just that, that type of person. Um, he was one of 14 children, grew up in Armagh. Um, a family big enough to start a football team in itself. It's big uh, uh, it's and, then, and then he yeah. ran football. So he played mm. for um, one county championship for Clannagale. 
um, played for Armagh. A lot of things actually that actually weren't, I didn't realise until my wedding day when the best man stood up to talk about the titles that had won because he was a very humble person. Mm. He was definitely the opposite of somebody having an ego. He liked the simple things and he was just a genuinely uh, good person. And because he was so, so quiet, I think we kind of could read what he needed um, and, you know, we were in Dagen Nursing Home twice a day, uh, mm. somebody in the morning, somebody in the afternoon, um, you know, just to, to sit with him. And because he was, he would never bother mm. anybody. He would mm. never be mm. a bother to anybody. Um, yeah, and it's just yeah. it's tough. I still have the kids, my own grandchildren, and, you know, we're looking at his picture every day. And he was, mm. it's just, uh, I don't think we've processed everything yet. And did, did you know each other before this? Did you know Vivienne? Because uh, quite often oh, uh, nursing homes are, are little communities in themselves. Yeah, no, nobody wants yeah, their parents to go right. in or their loved ones to go in. But when you do, you find uh, that you're making new friends uh, and uh, your loved one is making new friends. You are part of this community with the carers, the nurses uh, and all of the other residents and their family members, I think. Oh, absolutely. And like, you know, you go in and you be chatting to Margaret and, you mm. know, you, you would such a married you knew the residents who were there and the carers who were on, you know. So it definitely, mm. um, you know, you, you, I, I still think about them a lot, the people mm. that are still there. Um, you know, you definitely get to, to know those individuals. Um, and it had, a great well. reput- it had a great reputation. Uh, were, were you happy with Dalgan House? I mean, I've heard a lot of people say well, they were very happy with it. Yeah, look, you know, I can only talk as I find out. As I said, Dad was in there mm. for a very short period of time. Um and dad went into hospital last September and then he was in the step down ward in the loud. And that's, it's no discredit mm. to the step down ward in the loud. They do great work, but the hospital setting wasn't right for dad. And as I said, we wanted to take him home. We were being offered five hours of mm. home care a week, which just, it wouldn't have been enough. Mm. Um, and we asked around and, you know, uh, between the, the uh, home in Castle Blaney and Dagen mm. and dad, we live in Dowdle Hill, so it was quite close to us. Um, it was, you know, top of the tree and I fought mm-hmm. and fought and fought to get him in there and I remember getting the call at work to say he's got a spot and I said, I cannot mm-hmm. believe I am elated that my dad is going into a nursing home that I've gotten this news. Yeah. Um, and I suppose you're just so grateful to get him in, you know, you just get him in and get him settled um, and, you know, it sort of was a short period of time when he when he was there. But, and it's uh, not easy, but it, you know it's the best easy. thing for no, your father. Not easy. And for I your mom, it's the best thing for her husband. It's yeah. ideal. You know, yeah. you look yeah. at it, you mm. kind of go, this is not yeah. what I want no. for him. No. But, no. you know, you're really, really stuck between a rock and a very, exactly. very hard yeah. place. Yeah. And Vivian, um, would you say the same uh, about the home itself? Um, I Yes, to reiterate yeah. what Emma said yeah. there, yeah, yeah. I know mm. that my mother um, definitely was so delighted to get my father into Dalgan again mm. would have fought to get him in and um, yeah there would have been a huge trust for Dalgan that you know mm. everything we, we, they were going to be cared for and the um, the place was lovely the whole lot so I mean yeah I um, she really did and was and was quite happy um, with my father in there as we and again the carers as mm. Emma has mentioned there we got to know and love some carers in there yeah. you know and there was one particular woman attractor who was so loving 
to my father. We will never oh my God, forget her. An angel. An, an absolute angel mm. of okay. a woman. And I think, you know, she really has to be um, reflected on because... Well, I hope uh, Tractor hears you saying that. And I hope the staff in the, uh, in the home hear yeah. uh, how complimentary you are as well. Because I imagine yeah. this has been a very upsetting a experience in. I imagine, Michael, yeah, a lot yeah. of them have post-traumatic stress disorder. I'd say I really so. do, mm. because mm. seeing some of the girls who were there throughout it... Mm. I, I, they just look like shells of people. I, I, I and there were 104 I, people working there, and then suddenly there were 34 people working there. Some of them were out with COVID, but a lot of them were out with stress, apparently. But I think the point is 104 to 34. Like yeah. that doesn't happen overnight. No, it doesn't go from that situation. And I think you did note at the top of of the uh, of the, uh, of the interview that this information that came has only come because we as the families have requested. Mm. This wasn't free coming. This has taken five months to even get this information. Mm. And even within that, there's huge gaps in the information. Um, and, you know, all we've been looking for from day one is transparency. And transparency so that this doesn't happen again because you do not go from a situation where you have 104 to 34 and some of the other things that came out in that report where you need to have potentially bring in the army to hydrate people. Mm. That doesn't happen overnight. And we're still unclear as to pattern of what happened and what measures yeah. were taken at each step along the way by Dragon House, but by all the other agencies. And you don't know that because you couldn't get in, is that? I mean, as you were saying, you were there in the morning and the afternoon, but then when COVID struck, visiting stopped and you weren't able to get in. Yeah, well, Michael, um, we as uh, a family um, with my father, Dominic, we got a call on the 16th of April and it was just, we were told that my father had taken a turn. And so we did actually get the chance, you know, which looking back was fantastic yeah. to get those few hours with my father because it said they didn't believe that um, he had COVID, neither did we. And so it was scary inside because it was like a ghost town. And I suppose, you know, concerns then. But up until that point, the families, we had... Absolutely no idea, as Anna said there. You know, there was no calls. We had an email on the 10th of April that just said that, you know, there was a successful recruitment drive and, you know, supplies were there. And so it led us to believe, you know, you trust these people. And like everyone in every nursing home, you know, we trust them with our loved ones. And as I said, when I got in that day, so it was just a bit surreal. But looking back now, you know, I got to hold my father's hand. My mother got to hold oh, her precious husband's time. hand. Precious time. Precious time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Priceless. And it seems as though there was a lot of people upset, a lot of people who raised the alarm. There were staff out stressed. They were concerned that they wouldn't get re-registered according to this Freedom of Information or they'd be deregistered as nurses. The families were concerned because you didn't know what was going on. The nursing yeah. home itself was concerned and we heard about the home making contact with the Chief Medical Officer and the Minister for Health over the Easter weekend. There was all of this communication going between local HSE staff and the nursing home and the consideration for the army, the Red Cross uh, and so on. But when you got this freedom of information, uh, you must have been broken hearted to read between the lines about the conditions when people were sitting for a couple of days dehydrated, no water, nobody to give them a drink uh, and that sort of thing. No oxygen, no PPE, no bins in some circumstances. But Michael, you know, what's horrific is that they were potentially going to call the army in to hydrate the family members. And we were completely in the dark. You'd have been in We were in getting shot. emails to yeah. say, everything's under control. We have everything under control. You don't need to worry. 
we had no idea. And, you know, we've, we've heard other communications from the nursing home to say everyone knew we were in distress on the April 5th. Well, we absolutely didn't know because what frustrates me, Michael, is Dad was one of the last to get COVID and pass away. He didn't actually test positive until April 17th, the day the RCSI came in and took over. If Dad had have been taken out earlier by us, he had a chance, but he did not stand any chance. He was really like a sitting duck in there. We meant like, you know, between myself, my brother, my sister, my mother, we would have taken Dad home. That option wasn't given to us. And I cannot find a way to wrap my head around that why the management did not decide to communicate to families that they were in distress and they would not let their loved ones know. And I don't know how, in this day and age, that that is still legal, that next of kin for people who are incredibly vulnerable and cannot communicate themselves, that they are not informed of their loved ones. And it is noted in these notes that it was not even getting basic care, whatever about trying to protect them from getting, um, you know, COVID. Like we know that when uh, they went in, to, and test all the residents. 68% yeah. had tested positive. That was on top of eight residents in hospital and nine who'd already been deceased. It was just and rapid. We, 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 know. I, and we were able to protect ourselves. I, as, as a mother, was able to go home, lock down, keep my family safe. My dad wasn't given that option. Yeah. He was like a child in that respect. And the and people, you know, yeah. they should have let us know because we would have taken... Home. And without spelling it out, maybe to say he was like a, a child is the best way of explaining. Absolutely, I would have often said that mm. I feel like Dad is like one of my children. Mm-hmm. He's my responsibility. I need to be his voice. I need mm-hmm. to stick up for him. But and it's also a good way of explaining the kind of care that he needed, isn't it? You know, I mean, when we talk about basic care, we really are talking about basic care for nursing home residents. Yeah, and Dad, yeah. Dad in that week yeah. where everything was in chaos, we now know now from seeing Dad's medical notes that he fell twice in the bathroom at night time. And now we're thinking, well, how long was he lying on the floor in a bathroom for? You know, he had an infection on the Friday, kidney. And now we're thinking, of course, it all makes sense. But at the time, we had no idea, none. When Dad got ill, he wasn't offered the option to go to hospital. You know, we okay. just thought, is this standard? And then we found out other people were getting to hospital. There's so much, Michael. And yet mm. we're still trying to find out so much. And then... I know. Mm. All we're looking for is an inquiry that lays this out because if Dagen was one of the worst nursing homes in the country and it was the only nursing home to be taken over by a hospital group, it is completely unique in that situation. Yeah. If it was the worst, let's do an inquiry into the worst home. Well, spell it out. What, 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 what do you want yeah, to... Uh, you know, it never be, happens again. You'll have to forgive me because, you know, it being a radio programme, the time's going to run out very shortly. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so use the last couple of minutes that we have. Uh, uh, spell it out. What You want an inquiry. That's You're going to meet Stephen Donnelly going to ask the minister to uh, commission an inquiry. What would you like that uh, inquiry to result in? What what kind of questions do you want answered? I think, Michael, um, the questions we'd like answered as families, um, obviously the public inquiry to entail what happened, you know, what went wrong. Um, There's lots of gaps in our queries, you know, um, in the freedom of information. And, you know, we need closure as well. Because each day we're receiving new information, we're reliving this daily, but unfortunately with horrific visions now instead, you know, because we know the basic needs weren't being met. Recommendations for, you know, nursing homes are welcomed, you know, now that this never happens again, because it is likely that... You know, we could all end up in nursing homes or someone dear to us is certainly going to end up in them. This can never happen again. Our elderly need to be cared for. As you said there, and Emma said, 
They are like children when, you know, they come to a certain stage. We need to protect them. Emma? Yeah, I think just for me, I was shocked that there wasn't a quota required in nursing homes for a number of residents to a certain level of staff, and it doesn't seem to be there. Like, that should be a regulation going forward, like a crash, like any other kind of facility looking after vulnerable people. I think there's huge learnings to come out, not just in relation to covid but in terms of nursing homes generally, and that's all we're looking for is for that to be brought to light so that the horrific things that happened here can never happen again. Okay. well, I I hope that other families don't find themselves in this situation and have the kind of questions that you're asking now that they feel that they need to go on the radio or on the television or speak to the newspapers to try and get some attention and to try and bring about some change in how these things are dealt with. I know that that was a very important thing for you to do today and... Uh, you'll have to forgive me because I knew how important I I knew how important it was to you that I probably got a little bit mixed up in introducing you this morning but (laughs) I I, I, I really think uh, you've uh, done your uh, father's uh, great service both of you and um, thank you for doing that with us this morning and again apologies for the introduction this morning but thank you it's really nice to speak to both of you Vivian McNally uh, who's uh, the daughter of Dominic Francis McNally and Emma Duffy who's uh, the daughter of Oliver Cruz Michael, Michael Reed on LMFM. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of non-stop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com code SUMMER. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ 
the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.